disaster. You bring up another issue, which is that of miswiring. So let's consider certain psychiatric disorders like schizophrenia or autism. People have tried very hard to find evidence of pathological neurons inside the brain. Could there be dying neurons the way there are in Alzheimer's disease? And that's not typically found. So the theory has emerged that perhaps the neurons are fine, they're just wired up in an abnormal way. How difficult is it to begin this kind of wiring mapping? Well, we have to have images of the brain that are extremely high resolution, and that's provided by a means uh, known as electron microscopy. That's the keenest microscope that we have. We also have to slice brains. These are dead brains. We have to slice them into extremely thin slices, a thousand times thinner than a hair. So if we image each of those slices and then stack them up together, we'll form a three-dimensional image, a kind of virtual brain in an image. Once we have those images, then we can trace the paths of the wires, and we can also identify the synapses. Those are the points at which neurons touch and also communicate with each other. Uh, if we can do both of those things, we could map connectomes. Well, I guess that brings us to the real question of all this. Why are you doing this? There are many approaches to studying the brain, and I would divide them really into three kinds of observations. Some neuroscientists study the activity of neurons, the signals that circulate uh, between neurons as you think and you feel. Those are the signals that are most intimately related to consciousness. Then there are scientists like me who study the connections between neurons. And then finally, there are scientists who study the genes that control the processes inside neurons. We have to have all three of these to understand the brain. Now, why do I find connections so interesting? Well, experiences are able to change your connectome. They're not fixed in your adult life. So the metaphor of the wiring diagram is a little misleading because an electronic device is not subject to changes in its wiring typically. But your wiring, your connections can actually change. The example would be, again, the stereo system. You're always going to connect left and right speakers to left and right outlets. The brain may say one day, I don't like that anymore. I went up and down. Or maybe it would sound interesting if both of them were on the same side. We're perfectly capable of changing things constantly. That, that's a great uh, metaphor. And indeed, it's believed that your memories are actually stored by changes in your connectome. Every time you have an experience, it leaves some trace of the past on your brain, possibly by modifying the pattern of connections in your head. Well, let's take a look again at one of the little pieces that you're looking at. I've read that one of your goals is to actually see a memory. I think yes. even saying that makes people think immediately of science fiction, but that's not fiction at all to you, is it? So what would a memory look like? Well, a memory would look like some kind of pattern of connections between neurons. The example I give in the book would be the memory of your first kiss, let's say. And let's say that's an indelible memory. You never forgot it. Maybe the appearance of your fellow kisser. Maybe the particular room in which that happened, let's say. The music that was playing. Let's assume that all of those stimuli are represented in your brain by the activity of different sets of neurons. Now, one of the basic principles in neuroscience is that when neurons are activated together, the connections between them strengthen. So the neurons that are, are signaling the presence of your beloved, the neurons that are, are signaling the music that's playing, and so on, they become linked together by connections. 
There's empirical evidence for that. And even after the experience is over, those strong connections can remain inside your brain and store the trace of the memory. Now, how does it get recalled? Well, suppose you hear the music playing one day, the same music that happened during your first kiss. That activates a particular set of neurons, but those neurons are connected to all the other neurons that were involved in that experience. And they can awaken the other neurons to activity too. So that's the theory. This all as basic science sounds extraordinarily exciting. You are looking long-term at more difficult and perhaps more practical applications. I know you have considered the effect that this may or may not have in helping us to understand uh, what you've called miswiring, brain disorders. Is that an approachable goal? I believe it is. It starts to strain your imagination a bit with psychiatric disorders.